In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Um, obviously, the, this will be the end of our three um, trip round the division and catching up, but uh, it's been a really good series and uh, I'm enjoying it. And it's weird. This is the first time in a long time. I think it's the first time I've ever booked a guest um, and then not had to use Eastern time or anything because it's actually another guest based in the UK. So it's the first time I think I've done that. The other UK guests you've booked. So uh, it was really odd booking times. Well... Let me introduce Gordon from Scotland. Gordon, how are you? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. No, excellent. Gordon, give us a plug. Where can we find your details? Uh, so on Twitter, uh, you'll find me on at PFF underscore Gordon. Um, and then any writing and anything like that is just on ProfitballFocus.com. Just the, the usual place there. Excellent. I've got to ask, how are you in Scotland and you're a Ravens fan? It was literally just by chance. The very first game I saw on Sky when I was skipping through channels one night um, was Ravens Raiders. Started watching it. Really liked the whole defensive side of it. I liked the fact that the fact they didn't have much of an offense kind of made them underdogs a little bit. So I kind of enjoyed that. Being Scottish, there's always like in, you you understand being the underdog in sport far more than you ever <laughs> going to understand being a favorite. Um, so that that kind of side of it was kind of drawn to. So yeah, it just kind of spiraled from there. Excellent. And have you ever been out to uh, Baltimore? Yeah, um, I I think I've been to one game in Baltimore, um, and then I've seen them on the road a couple of times as well. Excellent. I must admit, I was out there last game of the season and it was an absolute wonderful city. But all my mates were saying to me, it's like really rough and really dangerous, but I thought it was yeah. all right. Yeah, well, I think like the area around the Inner Harbour is this really nice area with loads of nice bars and restaurants. And I think if you go too far out, then it starts to get a little bit rough and a little bit dangerous. But the actual general main part of the city where most people go when they go on holiday is absolutely fine. So I think it kind of gets blown out of proportion because of the wire and all that stuff. This is the third in our series. We w- went to the Bengals, we went to the um, Steelers, and now we're finishing up with the Ravens. So it's just a look at the other teams in our division, getting smarter as fans and sort of seeing what other teams are up to. So uh, we just wanted sort of an idea of who are those sort of top names that the um, Ravens have got to make sure they re-sign um, in free agency this year. So yeah, this is the first of two really interesting off-seasons for the Ravens. Uh, firstly, because they've moved from Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson at quarterback. So the offense needs a complete overhaul there. Um, and also the change in general manager as well. So when you look at their cap room for this year, um, the news that they've just released Michael Crabtree, I think takes them to 34, 35 million. But next year's when they get to the point where there's well over 100 million in cap room. They just don't have a whole lot of players to, to sign. So I think... The next two off-seasons, you're going to see the Ravens probably change shape um, in terms of 
the faces you see quite significantly. Um, and I think it starts this offseason with guys like Terrell Suggs. Um, Suggs is the guy who obviously has been there throughout his entire career, one defensive player of the year, but isn't that dominant a pass rusher anymore. Um, and I think it wouldn't shock me to see them not opt to bring him back. Um, the other big one on defense is CJ Mosley, who I think the interesting thing with him is going to be how much money he's going to command um, in terms of before he heads the open market. And if he does hit the open market, if the Ravens are going to be competitive, he's, he's a perfectly capable linebacker, but the concern would be there's a very good chance that with multiple Pro Bowls under his belt, he's going to command top linebacker money. Um, and I think that's probably going to push the boat a little bit beyond what they're going to want to pay. Yeah, the, there's lots of Browns fans that CJ Mosley is the one name they'd really like the Browns to add. Um, my fear is obviously they tend to have that slightly shorter career linebackers, not quite as short as running backs, but it's slightly shorter and you see a little bit of deterioration. So if the team's going to give him a five, six-year deal on big money that he could potentially get on the open market, it's going to be expensive. Obviously, the Ravens got the first bite to re-sign him. Another name that I hadn't heard pumped up as much, but uh, obviously does really well in the PFF ratings is Michael Pierce. Um, is that one you reckon you'll get um, quite easily wrapped up on the interior D-line? Yeah, well, I think this year they can they can bring him back um, for very little cost, but I think all the reports have suggested they're looking to try and do something long-term there. The, the really interesting thing with Pierce is that it wouldn't shock me if that potentially leads to, maybe not this off-season, maybe the following off-season, Brandon Williams being released. Um, in the NFL these days, you guys will be well aware, the running game matters less and less, and you know the passing game is king. The Ravens have a ton of money invested in Brandon Williams, who's essentially just a run stuff, an interior defensive lineman. Michael Pierce can do the same job he can do, probably isn't going to cost as much money, so they can actually save some money there and probably not lose a whole lot on the defensive line. Yeah, there's no respect for running backs on this show. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Jack, we've got probably the best three running backs in the league at the moment in our squad. Yeah, and it, it doesn't mean anything. Um, Saquon <laughs> Barkley was this great game-changing running back, and uh, quite frankly, he, he achieved nothing um, in the grand scheme of things in terms of getting more wins for the uh, Giants. So we got Baker Mayfield, and that's the only thing that matters. Anyone that was out there wanting Saquon Barkley number one and whatever quarterback's left at number four, sorry, guys, you lost this one, and uh, <laughs> it doesn't happen. But uh, no, it's, it's sort of... What are the big sort of your targets out there for the Ravens? So sort of more, maybe more positions, obviously throw out some names if there's ones that interest you. But uh, what are the big holes you want to fill this offseason? And could it be, I, I rumoured it a, a while ago, a quarterback room of Lamar Jackson, um, RG3 and Colin Kaepernick? You know, it's one of the places that he probably fits um, in terms of a playing a playing style because Greg Roman being there as the offensive coordinator, the the concern you would have is that the the things that happened when they tried to sign him or when they discussed signing him last time, there was tweets from Kaepernick's girlfriend and all those things. So if if they if they can get past that, then he is the perfect fit. I mean, even beyond Griffin, I think he would be the perfect guy to have as Lamar Jackson's backup. One, he's got the experience of going deep into the playoffs, uh, the style of play, working with Greg Roman, all those things would make a ton of sense. So if there if there's a spot that he fits best in terms of offense, I think it probably will be with the Ravens. 
So what sort of them, them names, them positions that you need to go out and uh, fix this offseason? I think the, the big one's going to be wide receiver. Um, again, I think that's going to be a two-year or beyond job. Something I was looking at earlier this, a couple of weeks ago, I think since the, since the Ravens drafted Joe Flacco, they spent two first, or second, first, second, or third round picks on wide receivers. Um, you know, you've seen the Pittsburgh Steelers in the division throw multiple darts at wide receiver in the first and second round, even when they had Antonio Brown long before all the, all the drama and all the troubles with him. So there's a team with, at the time, arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL, and they're still using second round draft picks on Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, on James Washington. And that, that really, for a position that is so important in today's NFL, it's criminal that the Ravens have spent so few high draft picks at that position. Mm-hmm. And I understand there's a lot of people who probably don't want them to, to draft wide receivers because, you know, the positions they, they've not hit there when they have drafted. But it then leads them to have to try and go out and find that in free agency. And when you have to do it in free agency, you have to pay more money. So uh, there isn't a great wide receiver class this year. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if what they try and do is just re-sign John Brown because he has the speed that can kind of break things open. Uh, Willie Sneed did a really good job last year. Uh, I think particularly when Lamar Jackson took over as the starter, did a really good job out of the slot there. Wouldn't shock me if they go into the season with those two um, as their top two uh, and then look to the look to the draft to do that. Uh, some really nice names on day two of the draft. I think that's the that's sort of the sweet spot for me. I'm never a fan of round one wide receivers, but uh, I think there's some fun to be had in rounds two and three. Yeah, and I think this is quite an interesting receiver class. There's a lot of, you can get the speedsters, you can get the dynamic guys that can cause problems over the middle, and then there's some big, strong receivers as well. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, they they have to address the edge of their defense. Um, Suggs, as, I, as we touched on there, out of contract, I think there's a good chance he doesn't come back. So Darius Smith is a guy who they might bring back. He's coming off his best season of his career, but hasn't really shown anything to really warrant a big long-term deal, and that's something you might command. Um, the People have talked about the Ravens making a splash and signing someone like Le'Veon Bell, and I understand the value in that. For The Ravens, among as much as running backs, don't have a ton of value. There's one team in the NFL Le'Veon Bell fits best with in terms of a team who are going to run the ball more than anyone. It's probably going to be Baltimore with Lamar Jackson and everything there. But if they have the money to, to go and sign Le'Veon Bell, it would make a ton more sense to, to use that money and try and sign an edge defender. And if you, if one of the edge defenders at the top of this class, be it Trey Flowers, Jadavion Clowney, Demarcus Lawrence, all these guys. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Trey Flowers is going to be a Brown. It's already done. <laughs> done deal. No one else is having him. Well, the, the, the Browns have a habit of signing guys who, you know, did well for PFF and Trey Flowers was a guy we had rated very highly coming out of college and he fell all the way to the fourth round. So that would that would fit. That would be a very, very Brown signing. Uh, but yeah, on the edge, I think the, the, if one of those guys doesn't wind up being hit with the franchise tag and doesn't wind up back at the team, if the Ravens are looking to make a splash, it would make a ton more sense to go and get that guy than... Le'Veon Bell because I think the Ravens running game is going to run well with Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards. They can use a fourth round pick and a running back and they're going to have success there. So me personally, I would spend that money on an edge defender and try and find someone pretty dynamic there. Gordon, what do you think uh, Bell would cost you on a, say, a, a two-year deal? What do you think it would cost you? I, I think he's going to command 
pretty much the the top deal among running backs. So I think there's a very good chance you're talking 15 million a year. Um, would he go for a two-year deal? I'm not entirely sure, but I think you're probably looking easily 15, maybe 15 and a half million a year. So it's a, it's a ton of money for a position like a running back. For the Ravens, the uh, the draft was looking a little bit depressing. You didn't have a second round, but I saw some news that you've been awarded a third round compensation pick recently. Yeah, that was the one for um, when they lost Ryan Jensen in free agency last year. Um, I think the Bucks made him the highest paid center in the NFL. So it was always likely they were going to get a third round pick. And I think based on the way they've drafted before and the way they've used their picks to trade up, I think they probably knew that was likely, like either a third or at worst a fourth, um, unless he was to get hurt. So it wouldn't shock me if that potentially played into their thinking when they traded this the second round pick from this year um, in the deal to move up for Lamar Jackson. Jack, can you educate me? Is there any compensation play picks coming for the Browns soon or not? No, so the Browns didn't get any. The um, Bengals picked up quite a few. Um, so no, it's uh, it's it's one of them that there was no big surprises um, over the cap. Had a couple of um, small ones he got off slightly. He had them just missing out and got them there. But uh, that's always a really great place to go and look over the cap because. It, they do some fantastic work and they can predict all these where the compensation picks going to be. And uh, I sit there and it off it goes over my head how they explain the detail of it all. But uh, he, he just they produce a list each year and go, here's what it's probably going to be. And like 90% of it, they're right. And the other ones, they're one or two rounds up. So, uh, no, fantastic. Um, software I, I love i love an over the cap they've got like a, a calculator tool that you can go in and you can see the roster and you can cut a player you can cut them with a june 1st designation trade them and you can see how that plays in the deal like that's that's really cool when you when you get to this part of the off season and you want to work out whether or not a team should cut a player and how much they're going to save by doing it um i've done that a lot over the last couple of weeks with the ravens with the whole flacco news and things like that just playing around with things and yeah it's, it's a really cool tool what did you make of the Flacco deal? Obviously, he was going, which obviously probably drove down the price. Um, you think a fourth, a fourth is about fair? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it was the type of thing where everyone knew he wasn't going to be the starting quarterback. Um, so getting anything for him at that point is is a good deal, I think. The, the negative with the trade is you don't free up as much cap room this year because you can't split the money. But the plus to that is that I think next year is an even bigger offseason for the Ravens. And I think taking the hit this year makes a ton more sense anyway. Um, getting anything, a fourth round pick is, you know, they can use that to try and trade up. They can use that to to fill a gap for a player. Um, and for a quarterback who wasn't even going to be your backup because he, you know, he wasn't going to be around on the numbers he was on. Um, getting a fourth round pick, I think, is as good as they could expect. No, Lamar Jackson being in the division worries me not so much because I don't, I don't think his play is going to get ever to the elite level, but that cheap cap deal that you get from a rookie quarterback, and especially the the numbers difference between just Baker and um, Jackson at different ends of that first round is massive in itself. Yeah. It just allows you to do so many other fantastic things with the team. And uh, they've been generally run quite well as a front office, so that will probably continue with the Ravens. So I think you'll see some interesting uh, moves. Yeah, I, I, I love the the kind of strategy that we're seeing with teams. I think we've seen what the Rams have done, the, the Eagles, um, and I think what the Browns are going to be doing over the next couple of years, really taking advantage of those uh, rookie deals. And I think that's where next offseason comes into even more for Baltimore. When they've got all that cap room, you can then go out and you can make two or three really big flashes um, just purely because you've got the cap room to work it. 
Yeah, how much cap space have you got? Because obviously Crabtree going in the press, it said about 25 million. Could, no, is so, that about right, Jack? Been a cap so expert? That was about um, the percentage of his overall deal. So he, he basically, he gets cut for 4.6. So they lose that and they save 4.6, which moves them up to about 20 um, five million in cap space, but yeah, okay. they might do some other little moves and move some stuff around. But they're, yeah. they're in a solid enough position. The um, the Flacco trade as well comes into that, so around about thirty four, thirty five. Um, but they then have a good number of free agents, both on offense and defense, that you know they have to do something with. So it's thirty five million, but it's thirty five million that they have to use quite a bit of just to um, just to get everything done. And Gordon, you've been playing with the. Uh over the cap, um, how many players approximately do you reckon uh, the uh, uh, Ravens can take in the free agent? Um, I think I think they're probably going to sign three or four guys. I think it'll, three or four guys early on in terms of kind of, I, I don't think there's going to be a big splash. I don't think there's going to be a Le'Veon Bell or one of the edge defenders. Um, I think they'll probably sign three or four mid-level guys. Um, I, I don't think you're going to see some big splashes from them certainly so if we went back um right at the turn of the year actually i think it was the first of january i did the numbers um we took all the pff grades um for all the players in the division and then basically just stacked it all up next to each other and looked at if you give sort of the best quarterback in the division gets one point seconds two, um blah 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 and the numbers were literally exactly the same for the browns the Steelers and the Ravens, and then the Bengals were behind. So it gives that really good balance of the numbers. Um, they, they did show what was there. So it was really interesting how it more or less was even between the three teams. And it could go any which way. The Steelers could obviously implode. Um, who know, No one knows. And the one question, everyone that's out there with the Ravens, is the Chargers almost found the, the antidote to Lamar Jackson do you think more teams will pick that up or will he be able to improve his throwing game in the offseason? Will they be able to advance um, to keep on the upward trajectory? Yeah, the, the, the throwing improvements are, are what's going to be important there. Um, the teams are going to be able to catch up at least somewhat to the running game. Um, you know, the Chargers definitely showed that in the playoffs. Uh, and it's just, it's not the kind of thing, both from people catching up with you, but also, it's not having a quarterback run the ball as much as Jackson did long term. He's going to get hurt at some point. Um, I think you don't want to take away the running aspect entirely, but you want it to be down considerably from what it was so that it's something that is a threat can, you know, throw some big plays out there. If he winds up running the ball 20 times a game over a course of a whole season, he's going to get hurt. You just, you know, you can't really avoid that. So um, there has to be improvements from as a passer, I think you're never going to get, you're not going to get Baker Mayfield as a passer with Lamar Jackson because his down-to-down accuracy, it's just, it's just not there. There's a lot of times he's going to miss high. Um, if you look at other quarterbacks in the NFL, though, Cam Newton in Carolina is a guy who will have games where he's really on as a passer and then other games where he sails a bunch of passes over the top. But when you combine the fact that he can make some special throws um, and the fact that he can really cause damage with his legs, put those two things together and it forms something that's pretty tough to defend. So if Jackson can get his passing up to the point, limit limit mistakes because there were far too many mistakes from him as a rookie, um, find enough big plays, 
and then have the extra ability to kind of push that forward with um, his running ability, then you can get something that, that can be a real threat. Um, I think if he doesn't improve enough as a passer, you're left with a guy who one is going to get hurt and two teams are going to understand how to game plan again. So that's the big thing this year. Really good stuff. Um, I just want to say a massive thank you for coming on. Paul, have you got any other questions? Yeah, it's a big question. Gordon, what, who can you see winning the league and in what order the rest of the league finishes at this stage? In the, in the AFC North. It's the only league that matters. <laughs> uh, right now, and I, I am not just saying this because of the podcast, I think the Browns should be the favourite. Um, I think after that, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, probably pretty close, depending on what happens with the Pittsburgh offense and the fact that everyone seems to hate each other. Um, and then behind them, the, the Bengals. I think the Bengals are you know, bringing up the rear this year, probably. And if I put a gun chair now and said uh, Ravens or Steelers, who's going to be higher in the league? Who would you say? Uh, I think the Ravens have a better chance to be better this year. I think a lot's going on in Pittsburgh that I think is going to cause some problems. Excellent. So, yeah, I hope you have a reasonably average free agent and a reasonably average <laughs> draft. We are um, five in front of you in the draft. So hopefully we can dictate the pace, but you have got a couple of thirds, if I'm correct. So yep. similar, similar to ourselves. Yeah, I think, and, and it's, it's going to be interesting to see because the Browns have obviously dominated the early part of the draft the last few years. So having them now have to wait for the draft to come to them a little bit, it's going to be fun to see, um, see who they wind up with. You, you, you don't have the same view as fun as us. We're going to be sweating <laughs> out into the early hours and just like, no, I wanted that bloke, and then that one's gone. So it's, it's, I, I much preferred pick one was made, and I knew we had a good night right at the start last year. Whereas but now, what, what, there for a few hours, what you've got to look forward to now, now that you've now that you've got a quarterback, and now you've got a team that's going to compete. You sit up until three, four in the morning, and then your team trade out of the first round, and then you just waited up till five in the morning for no reason at all. That that's the that's the perfect point. Nothing would make me happier as a <laughs> fan of Sashi Brown than trading back out the first round. Gordon, just remind us, why haven't you got a second round this year? Where did it trade? Or uh, The Lamar Jackson trade. Okay. It was, it was course, part of yeah. that when they, they traded up. I think it was last year's second and this year's second and then a couple of later picks to move up. And you, uh, are you happy with Lamar Jackson? I think what, what Jack touched on there, the 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 value of a quarterback on a rookie deal um, is huge and you know for all the flaws he had as a rookie last year he was really exciting as well there were a ton of big plays there with his legs every time he gets a little bit of open field you get excited that something's going to happen so um, if nothing else I think the difference from going from Flacco to Jackson is that it makes things really interesting for the Ravens offense for the next two three years because whether or not he's ever going to put it together I think it's going to be fun to watch him try yeah, when I was at the game, I just every time Lamar got the ball, he's like, "Okay, another first down, another first down." <laughs> he he really did feel like he was dictating and controlling things, and I really hope we improve our uh, defensive tackles so Lamar does not get so much freedom next year and in the future. Yeah, I, I think the other prediction I think I would make is it really wouldn't shock me at all as if we see Browns Ravens on prime time this year. I think that's going to be a thing that the networks are going to be. You know, two young quarterbacks, Baker coming off the season he had. I think that's something that wouldn't shock me if pretty early in the year we see them play in prime time. Yeah, I think as long as, 
as long as um, Jackson stays healthy, that's going to be a narrative that they'll run for probably for the next about five years. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. So uh, especially with no replacement for the Steelers, no replacement at the quarterback position for the Bengals. So I think they'll take the back seat for the next couple of years. And then, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting rivalry. Um, but no, thank you so much for coming on. We'll love to get you back on a later date to keep talking because it's great to finally found a brilliant um, Ravens guest that is in the UK. And... Uh, <laughs> linked with pff which obviously anyone from pff is welcome on as much as they want because hey i love pff so it makes my life easier awesome well thanks very much for having me on no well look jack i just want to say one thing the last ravens guest that i got on the show said they want to chop the head off if the ravens won the super bowl again so gordon would you be willing to do that <laughs> uh no absolutely not <laughs> right that's it we're getting the other guests back on jack they're a lot more committed <laughs> C- committed to wear <laughs> yeah. white, right, cell, white jacket and padded cells or <laughs> uh, any dates where you're down in london next gordon uh i'm not sure actually i think at some point i'll be down there's a few guys from work that are down there so um, i'll probably wind up down at some point yeah date for your die around easter just before the draft we're going to put some in uh, non-profit on NBA and NFL draft night so uh, pre-draft night so something for you to uh, look forward to oh cool sounds good alright excellent thanks a lot thanks guys